we are coming to the end of an era. Just kidding. It's just the last episode of the first season. You ready? I'm ready. My name is Barry Mitzman. A few years ago, I was able to do it all. But when illness struck, my life was turned completely upside down. The smallest of tasks became the biggest of challenges. But now that I'm on the road to healing, I ask myself, will I ever be able to once again do it all? Do I even want to do it all? WOV is an exploration of what we as women can do to create our best selves and to be able to lead a great life, a happy life, a WOV life. Welcome back to another episode of the WOV Life. Not only is this another episode, it is the last episode for a few weeks. Um, I did a little bit of a calculation, and if I kept this up, and I did it every single week, we would have 52 episodes a year, which would be nice for you, but it's unattainable for me. And if I'm going to be an advocate for self-care and for understanding that life is a balance then I'm going to have to take a break. So just a few things before we get this episode underway. This episode is sponsored by me, which means it's not sponsored. So here's the deal. I really wanted to figure out a way to support the WOV life. Um, Though this is a passion of mine, it also requires time and energy, and outsourcing. I cannot do a lot of the technical stuff. Sometimes episodes need work on them that I or my husband can't do. Um, Equipment, things like that. Things cost money. So if you feel compelled to support the WOV life um, and its continuation, then you can go to the wovlife.com forward slash donate or you can just go to the wvlife.com and click on the donate button on the top, I want to say right, of the page. Um, ad space for next season is still available. And if you wish to sponsor an episode in honor or in memory of somebody, please email me directly at barry at the wvlife.com. Okay, got that out of the way. Now, let's recap. We had two episodes ago... I had Leia Gottfried on, and I think the main crux of what she was trying to get at was don't let other people tell you what you can and cannot do. I mean, it took a very long time for me to get to a place where I could actually understand that, but it's important to know in your own personal growth, and and I have mentioned this when, when I discussed that At times, Judaism can seem like a social obligation and not a religion. But if you're looking at it as a religion and not a social obligation, there is one guide that can tell you what to do and not to do. And no, it's not your neighbor down the street who's giving you judgmental looks. And no, it's not the teacher who thinks that, you know, a Jewish girl shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. There's God and the Torah. So that's just, that's considered one thing because God wrote the Torah. You know what I mean? God is the only being that can tell you what to do. And if anybody argues with you on that, God's pretty smart, smarter than all of us. Do you know what I'm saying? And yes, we do have 
people and we should have people that we go to for insight and 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 questions and things like that. I think that's very important to have somebody like that. But it's also important to have that mentor, to have that person be someone that you can trust and somebody that actually understands where you're at. Like let's say with Leia Gottfried, it wouldn't necessarily be the right thing for her to approach somebody to ask questions about her producing and her acting if they are against the idea that females should not be in an acting position, should not be on screen. She has to find somebody who can help her and advise her based on where she is at. I gotta say, though, I was extremely impressed by Leia's persistence and her perseverance and not even getting down by what other people thought or said. She's like, that's great, good for you, I'm still doing this go fly a kite. So props to you, Leia. Props for Soon by You. Props for doing you and achieving your dreams. Next episode, we had the comedy of L.R. Wyland. Okay, I, I can't even tell you how many times I laughed during that episode. It was just an amazingly positive, fun experience. Um, and as you know, the title of it was My Life as a Unicorn as you can tell, LR is very clearly a unicorn in many ways than one. But in between the comedy and the laughs, there was a lot of truth that I was so floored by. And many people were floored by as well because I got numerous messages from people who were just amazed and inspired. So I think the main crux of what LR was trying to say is, you know, Leia said, don't don't let other people tell you what you can and cannot do. LR was saying, don't let other people tell you how to feel. There's just this assumption that girls who are single should be upset about their singlehood. And I'll get into that in a minute. But LR is saying, you don't have to listen to society telling you that you should be upset. Like you can also go out and live life and have fun and believe that this is where you're meant to be. And if you have the time to do things um, and and live and follow your passions and do something fun, then do it. So LR told me she got messages like, oh, I'm going to take this dance class that I really wanted to take. Or, oh, I actually was debating about, you know, getting guitar lessons. And I'm actually going to do that now. Thank you so much. And LR is just like, I don't understand. It's so crazy to be in the spotlight, blah, blah, blah. But again, I don't necessarily take you know, big famous people on the show just because, like, there are big bloggers that come on and there are people that nobody's heard of before that come on because I pick each guest based on what I think they can offer to the table. What is the common thread between those two? Obviously, they're both single ladies, cue the Beyonce song, but they're basically just telling us just because people are saying you should do or be something doesn't mean that you have to. I mean, I wish that these episodes were out, would have been made by somebody else, and I would have listened to them when I was single because I had a very rough time being single. I dated for about four years, which to some people can be a while and to some people could be like not such a long time. But I definitely struggled in as much as I was very afraid to do things 
based on what others thought. And I was afraid to do things because I thought if I would do them. And, and again, these were in the confines of Jewish law. They were totally permissible. It's just these social nuances that I was afraid to do because it would limit me in the type of guy that I was going to date. Like, oh, if I did X, Y, and Z, then this type of guy wouldn't date me. So before I get into this a little bit more, a little bit more examples, a little bit of advice, let's be clear, I'm not a relationship expert. Uh, I don't claim to be a relationship expert. I am just somebody with opinions who likes listening to other people who are well more refined and experts in these types of things. Um, But this is just what I have to say. So both LR and Leia um, are considered what you would consider an older single. And there's a bad stigma to that. And it really bothers me because getting married at an early age is not for everyone. There's a lot of pressure in many different communities, like right after you get out of high school or right after you get back from Israel, it's important to get married. Why? I'm not sure. I have a few hypotheses and I've seen this in certain situations. Um, One idea is that perhaps um, people think that you're on a certain level of observance and they want you to stay at that level and it's more risky for you to leave that level if you are single. So rather get you married and have you with a person so that there's a less likelihood of becoming less observant. I mean, I've, I've seen this. Like, it's not a blanket statement. This is just something that I've seen, done, um, that has not worked for a lot of the time because... I've spoken to people who have gotten married early and have, you know, got married at a point where they were at the highest of their observance and now they're married with kids and like they want to take a few steps back because they're not really handling and questioning their faith internally. But you can't do that when you're trying to stay in society and you have kids and like you're trying to align yourself with certain institutions Um, and I have had friends that also got married at a young age and ended up getting divorced because later on, as they matured and as they developed, um, they saw that they really weren't in line for each other or one spouse realized that they quote unquote, haven't lived life yet. I don't really know what that means. Um, these are just things that I've heard again, just because somebody got married early doesn't mean their marriage is in shambles. There are some people there are many people who get married at, at the age of, you know, 18 or 19 or whatever that get married and have wonderful, beautiful marriages and everything is hunky-dory, but there are also people where it's not. So my, from my experience, had I gotten married to the guys that I was dating when I was 18 or 19, the strong likelihood would be that my marriage would not be as solid as what I would like it to be. Or I'm not even quite sure if I would have remained in that marriage. Um, I had a few years to grow and develop a deeper understanding and develop more into a person and understanding what it was that I needed and that what was important and what wasn't important. 
At first I thought, you know, only wearing white shirts and dark pants was extremely important and a big virtue and a big value. And after reading tons of relationship books, and I think it was the book I only want to get married once, um, taught me the idea of trying to find some non-negotiables, like some values that you need. Um, my husband's actually a big proponent of this whenever he speaks to people who are dating and struggling and not understanding really quite how they should phrase what they're looking for, if they're being set up. Um, what's really important is the non-negotiables and everything else is just icing. Um, like for me, two out of the three, I think I can think of off of the top of my head. The first one was mindfully observant. I needed somebody that understood why he was doing what he was doing. And I dated quite a few guys that when I asked them why they were learning, um, their answer was, um, and then I was like, all right, peace out homies. Not for me. Um, I wanted somebody to understand why they were doing what it was that they were doing. And the second thing was I needed somebody that was giving and protective of the people that he cared about. So I can't remember what the third thing was. Thankfully, my husband fit the bill for those three things. Um, there was some icing on top of that cake. Um, but again, that's icing. Like the things that are non-negotiables, that's just knock the guys out. Like, yeah, he could be cute. He could be really whatever. But if he doesn't, if he's not sure about his belief in God and you have a really strong Amuna base, like that's a real problem in my opinion. Um, or if like you have a lot of anxiety and can't deal with somebody with anger and like he's so nice and he's so sweet and comes from such a good family but has anger issues, like that's still a problem. Like you're looking for one guy and that's it. Um, I think one of the reasons why I personally struggled so much was because I think that I was subliminally taught that when I was single, I was not whole. There was a missing piece, and you know, in all these books, it's like, oh, there's a missing piece, something was missing, and then I found you, and blah, blah, blah. But I, I was taught this idea that once you get married, then you can become whole. Like, I don't think that that is such a positive thing for girls who are not married to think like oh so I'm learning at the age of 17 or 16 that like I'm missing like I'm not complete and like the only way I'm going to be complete is if I get married so maybe I should just get married to whatever Joe Schmo that comes my way I think it's very important and I think that both Leia and Elar have figured this out to understand that the math equation is not a half plus a half equals a whole. The math equation is one whole plus one whole equals one whole. You have to be a complete person and then find that other complete person and then become one complete unit. That can separate. It's very important that you can also like not be so dependent or whatever. I'm getting off on a tangent, but again, each person, wherever they are in life, should strive to be a whole person. And your wholeness should not be based on if you have somebody else to experience that with or not. I'm really, really passionate about this. I think that had I known that and had I been reassured that 
if like that I was a whole person and I should strive to be a whole person. If I feel that there's something missing, like don't just assume that it's a boy that's missing. Like don't assume that it's cause you're not married. Like maybe I was having trouble with different things while I, while I was single, I, I had in the beginning for the first, I think two, two and a half years, I had a lot of anxiety and dating really, really bad. Lots of panic attacks, um, got on medication had to go to therapy and I think that that therapy um really helped me figure out who I was as a person and enabled me to develop skills that I needed for a marriage had I been the way I was before therapy and got married that would have heavily impaired my marriage because just getting married doesn't fix your problems your problems and your luggage gets carried with you into your marriage so best thing to do is to make sure you're at your best and what LR said like live your best life so you can welcome somebody into that best life of yours it, it's it's kind of a bummer if you get married and it's like hi welcome to my hot mess of a life you, you kind of get where I'm saying whatever okay something else that I wish I knew before I started dating was if you're not ready, don't force yourself. Um, I started dating out of circumstance. There was somebody who I would casually speak to and then I was told that I couldn't speak to him because he was in the dating system. So the only way I could speak to him at the Shabbos table would be if I dated him. So I said, sure, what's dating? Little did I know that it, like, got serious. And then I was like, wait, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, what is this? I just got back from seminary. I don't know. It's flying. Um, and then I decided, oh, wait, but since I already started dating, I might as well continue dating. Like, huge mistake. Huge, huge, huge mistake. If you feel like you need to work on something and if you're struggling with something serious, if you're struggling with something like an addiction or or some mental disorder or anything like that, I don't think your prime focus should be on getting married because, again, that doesn't fix your issues. Um, it might only complicate them. Um, if you also feel that you're not emotionally ready or that you need to work on something before you go out there and date, like, God's not going to give away your husband because you decided that you want to work on your relationship with God or you want to become a better human being before you start venturing out and looking for him. Ugh, okay, this is a very emotional type of conversation for me because those four years were really, really, really hard. Something else, don't just accept dates just because you haven't gotten a date in a while. Um, I mean, I didn't have such a struggle, um, of like lulls or things like that, but I dated guys way below my standard because I just trusted people that didn't really know me or, you know, just because it was like, okay, well the other, the last guy didn't work out. I just dumped him two days ago. Okay. Let's try something else. Uh, it's okay. I don't really need to hear about him so much. He, he sounds like a nice guy. Okay. I, literally dated guys that were not 
Shomer Shabbos. Yeah, those were some of the guys I got set up with. There were also guys that had a zero personality that I went out with just because somebody said they sounded nice. Like, LR was like, isn't everybody have a heart of gold? Don't they all? Like, yeah, you can be an educated consumer. And I was so burnt um, that I got to a point where I literally told matchmakers, like, hey, listen, I understand that you want all my information and you want to send it all over to the guy first, but do me a favor and send me his information first because it's likely that I will not be interested. Not because I'm picky, but because I learned so much dating the amount of guys that I did that I already knew um, what I needed and what I didn't. Um, and if they were going to meet those criteria or not, like somebody was like, oh, but what if he says no? I'm like, get over it. I'm a big girl. Like if he says no, I'm not meant to marry him. So somebody, let's say somebody sent me some guy. And I was like, oh yeah, that guy's super creepy. He stalked me when I was 16 and he was 22. It was like really creepy. Like, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> you can be selective. I, uh, right before I dated my husband, I had a very, very, very traumatic uh, dating experience with somebody um, that was built up a lot and I made it very clear about what I could handle on the date and what I could not because there was a, a previous interaction before that and it was so intense and it was so horrible for me and I called someone and I tried explaining what happened and they were like, Barry, I think you really need to get off your high horse, you're being too picky and I just cried. I'm like, if this is being picky, I'm not going to get into details about it but like, it was it was basically in it like a very horrific dating experience for me and that's when like I totally broke and it's funny because I called one of my best friends and I'm like that's it like I really think I need to stop dating God doesn't want me married right now and I totally understand and I'm okay with it but just like this is too emotionally draining for me and then while I was talking to her um, Rabbi Klatsko of Shabbat.com messaged me. He was like, you're coming this Shabbos. Can I still introduce you to that guy? I just assumed he already told him about me. So I'm like, he's already going to be there. Like, I can just say hi. I'm sure, like, could be for me, could be not. Like, I don't really care at this point because I'm so done. Turns out that was my husband. And here we are. Um, uh, something else. Um, the kind of, you know, I talk about, social norms and um having our moral compass be society which i'm really really against because god and the torah should really be our moral compass the kind of guy you're looking for shouldn't be your moral compass don't be like well i i can't do x y and z which is permissible according to the torah because I'm nervous that that kind of guy wouldn't want to go out with me anymore. Here's an example. I was dating a very to-the-right guy at one point, and I was volunteering, or I planned to volunteer on a summer program that had boys and girls on it. The boy counselors and the girl counselors were kept separate, but again, they were present in the same dining room and things like that. And it was for it was for kids with chronic illness. And I mentioned to my brother, you know, I don't know if I should really go. I'm a little bit nervous. Like, what if what if he's like not into it? My brother and I are very different people. He calls me up yelling at me. If this guy 
thinks that you shouldn't go work with dying kids, then he could bloody, 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 blah. And I was just like, you know what? You're right. Turns out the dude was sitting learning Talmud all day and like could not care. Um, which was just funny because I was so nervous. They're like, oh, if I'm going to do that, it's like known as a co-ed program, blah, blah, blah. Like, get over yourself. Like, if you want to work with kids who are very sick um, and you have your own personal boundaries, then the guy you're going to marry is going to understand that. Um, and, and and it gets me into the whole concept of faith. Um there's a lot that goes into dating well, in all life, but in dating and singlehood that faith really needs to be introduced. And I did have to work on that a lot when I was single. I still have to work on it. Um, but it's important to believe that if you are single, and this also applies to whatever difficult situation you're currently in, but I'm going to insert the word single. Um, if you are currently single you have to believe that that is where you're meant to be right now and that it's the best thing for you. A principle of faith, or in Hebrew, emunah, is that you believe that God has an intricate plan. Um, you are a part of that plan that is crucial. Like, God is looking at you. It's not like macro management. You, you're being intervened with on an individual level and where you're at is the best thing for you so there's a thing called emunah faith and there's also something called hishtadlut which means doing your part so accepting where you're at is important and understanding that it's the best thing for you is important but if you are somebody who is interested in looking to get married it is very important for you to also put in the effort like going to a class that teaches you about interpersonal relationships or if you think you need therapy because X, Y, and Z transpired and you don't want that to affect your marriage, you should do that. And, you know, reaching out to friends or neighbors or whatever and just mentioning, hey, do you know anybody or going to a singles event. I have a friend who went to a singles event and thought it was a total bust and it turns out that she met her husband there. Um and it's just, like, so not her speed to, like, meet somebody like that. Like, I dated through the traditional system of matchmaking, and I was kind of matchmade, but not really, because I would have met him anyway, because I was going for Shabbos. But, like, essentially, my husband and I met at a Shabbos table. Like, you have to make sure that even though you understand that where you're at is the best place for you, you also have to do your part. Um... Sometimes I got a little too eager in that and that kind of took over my faith that I put like my faith in the messengers instead of in God. Like when I met this rabbi who decided to set me up with my husband, he was like, oh, are you dating? I'm like, duh, like I'm in my 20s and I'm an Orthodox Jewish girl who's like observant of the laws of Nagia. Like, yeah, I want to get married. Um... Like, he was like, oh, maybe I have a guy for you. I'm like, okay, you and the rest of the world. Like, I went in being like, whatever, sure, I'll meet him when I come. Like, he's going to be there anyway. Um, and there were other times where I had these matchmakers that I, like, 
thought that they were, I was like praying to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's be super anxious and be on top of it, whatever. Like, however you're supposed to meet your husband, whenever you're supposed to meet your husband. And for guys, just flip this over for wife. You know, I know you listen. It's important to just remember that the people who set you up are just messengers. I had the privilege of setting a couple up who's now been married for, I want to say four years, four and a half years, whatever. Married, two kids. Um, I was blessed to be the messenger and be their intermediary um, during that time. It was before I got married. Um, And it was just a really weird way that it worked out. I was work. I was volunteering uh, in Portland doing outreach, and so was he. And we were discussing something on a flight, and like the last thing before we both like passed out was like, "Hey, you know, once you start dating, I think I have a really good idea for you." Fell asleep, totally forgot about it. And a few months later, he reached out and said, "Hey, do you think you can set me up with this girl?" And a lot of it, like why would anybody put their faith in me? I literally was just making calls back and forth and talking to each side and whatever. Like I'm blessed to have been an intermediary, but that's not where you should put your faith. It's important to put your faith in God. And when you're in any type of situation, you when you're married and waiting for a child or, I mean, there's always gonna be an opportunity in life for you to feel like you're lacking and and want to be at the next step. You want that job promotion. You want to move to the bigger house. You want to get that new car. I don't know. There's a million bajillion things in our lives that we can think about and feel like we're lacking. But I feel like the most important thing for us to remember is that we have to remember that where we're at is the place we're meant to be at and that it's what's best for us. But also, don't stop to achieve our dreams and achieve whatever it is that we set out to achieve. Um, may we all remember this. May I remember this because, again, sometimes I forget. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We will be back in a number of weeks. How many, you ask? I don't know. I'm not thinking that far ahead. Uh, (laughs) Hope everybody uh, has a great however long it's going to be. And I look forward to speaking to you all soon. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The WOV Life. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The WOV Life. Thanks for listening.